Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today talking to a fellow C-suite network person. That's always a lot of fun when I get to do that. But we're going to be talking about how to be healthy, both kind of in your heart and in your head. Because I firmly believe that it doesn't matter what we do with our business. We can have the greatest website in the world, the greatest marketing, the greatest product. But if it's not right in our heart and in our head, it's not going to make any difference in the world. So please join me in welcoming Tina Greenbaum to our program today. Welcome, Tina. Well, thanks, Deb. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this. So Tina Greenbaum, who has a master in education and is a licensed clinical social worker, is the founder and CEO of Mastery Under Pressure, a management consulting coaching program for high-performing executives who need to refine and master their interpersonal and interdepartmental skills. Mastery Under Pressure gives CEOs and senior level managers the additional professional and personal tools they need to excel and to empower their teams and their associates. So again, Tina, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) Great. Well, I always like knowing about how my guests got to where they are today. So tell us about that journey and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. Well, it's a long journey, actually. Uh, I've been doing this for 38 years. Okay. You started when you were two. I did start when I was (laughs) two. And and somebody asked, I was in a conference one time and they said, how old were you when you started helping people or Mm -hmm. caring about people? And Mm -hmm. we all went, you know, kind of about yay big. Mm -hmm. So it's been my nature forever Mm -hmm. to be a helper person. Mm -hmm. I see problems and I love to solve them. Mm -hmm. And so... I started out as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. actually. And, you know, especially when I was growing up, you were either a teacher or a nurse. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I, I hate the sun of blood. So a teacher worked really well. Mm-hmm. But it truly is my nature. Mm-hmm. Then I got to be a teacher of elementary school, special ed. Mm. And I honestly, I really hated it. Mm. I thought I hated teaching, but I really didn't hate teaching. I just wasn't cut out to teach science and, mm. and okay. English. Mm-hmm bulletin boards and all that. Mm-hmm. But there was a social worker and a psychologist that would used to come into the classroom and take the kids out mm-hmm. and work with the families and work with the psychologies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school and I uh, started out with a master's in education. Mm-hmm. That wasn't it. I didn't want to work in a school. And mm-hmm. then I, then I went to social work school and mm-hmm. I became, I wanted to be a psychotherapist. Okay. Because what I love about psychotherapy and the, is it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to get to the deep roots of what's really going mm-hmm. on. I love organizational development, mm-hmm. but I don't have that same permission as I do as, as a therapist. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started. My first job was working on an eating disorders unit mm. in Washington, D.C. It was mm-hmm. one of the first in the country. Mm-hmm. 
eating anorexia bulimia were were new terms mm-hmm. and nobody really knew how to treat them. Right. Gave us a manual. It said alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Crossed it out. But oh. eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Said to us, beginning therapist, how to deal with. They didn't know how to deal with mm-hmm. these very sick young women. So I went. The first clue I got was I went to a yoga class mm-hmm. for myself, and I got into that deep state of relaxation. Mm-hmm. I said, "Wow, if I could only get those young women to do this, mm-hmm. then maybe they wouldn't need their eating disorder." Mm-hmm. Because in my experience: all addictions are anxiety based. Mm-hmm. And they're always about feelings that we mm-hmm. don't want. Right. Characteristics. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of getting into this mind, body, psycho-spiritual way of working with people and mm-hmm. working with spiritual healers. And, and I found that my work was beginning to change. It was starting to become much more effective mm. as I knew that I needed to get below the neck. Because mm-hmm. we could talk, 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 talk. And this has right. a lot where we're, we're going with this stuff. But I used to say to the young women, if I don't, I hear you, but I don't mm-hmm. feel you. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel you, you're not going to change. Mm-hmm. So my journey was really about how do I get below the neck? How do mm-hmm. I access the deeper parts of somebody? Mm-hmm. And basically, how do I access the unconscious? Right. Kind of their soul. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also how change happens. Mm-hmm. Because just, just talking about it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to change at a fundamental level right. because the body gets triggered, mm-hmm. the mind gets triggered. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of, again, was following my nose and how do I get there? And now, you know, somatic therapy, body therapy, um, the neuroscience mm-hmm. explains so many things that I had to discover on my own. Mm-hmm. And now that we have the neuroscience, it becomes a lot easier to talk to people who think, some of this stuff is kind of woo-woo, we're crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so not. Mm-hmm. I am so not woo-woo. <laughs> I'm very grounded, mm-hmm. but it works. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered is that if you begin to follow the way the universe works, mm-hmm. the way works, the way human psyche works, life works. Mm-hmm. Come up against it, you know, and you buck up against it, mm-hmm. you will have issues that, that we have. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, I started to incorporate programs and do workshops and test things out. I was always the guinea pig. I mm-hmm. took many, 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 many trainings in how do, how do I actually help somebody change. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I just started to move over to, I'm a very coachy therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher at heart, so a coach is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I started to develop the, well, it's great that you can tell me this stuff, but what if you're going for... Um, a bigger interview, or what if you're making a big pitch, or mm-hmm. what if you're doing, what are the skills mm-hmm. that you actually need mm-hmm. to be able to function at a very very high level? Mm-hmm. I love speak, public speaking and and dealing with you know that people talk about it's it's the one of the scariest things that you could do. So all the things that we're that are fear based mm-hmm. that people either stay away from or they avoid. I like to help people. Well, let's just turn around and take a look. Mm-hmm see how we can transform mm-hmm. a lot of these old beliefs and old systems into something that actually clicks and works. And so many, many twists and turns, but mm-hmm. master pressure. Uh, I started out actually creating a tennis program with my, my husband, who's a tennis coach. Ah, It's called tennis to the max. Mm-hmm. Now that the Olympics are here in this current mm-hmm. uh, that we're on, there's a lot to talk about, about, mm-hmm. These athletes and particularly the mental health stuff and what's mm-hmm. going on. 
So it's all interrelated, Mm -hmm. you know, actually deal under a tremendous amount of pressure Mm -hmm. so that we can really hold on to ourselves and the body is quiet. So the mind is clear. Mm -hmm. That's Right. I love it. I love it. Well, you've written a great book. Show us your book. Um, It's called Mastery Under Pressure. And it's it's a, a quick read, folks, but there's a lot of great exercises in there. Um, and I was sharing with Tina before the program, you know, I, I typically, I do read the books, but I skim them more than really absorb them. And I'm definitely going to have to go back on several sections, especially the one that's on focus and and follow the, the exercises that you have. But, you know, it was interesting when I was reading it and, and you just mentioned this, you know, I'm reading your book and, and two words came into my mind, Simone Biles. And, you know, you talk about someone who is, was under incredible pressure and she chose to say enough or maybe not enough, maybe pause. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think she's still kind of working through some of these things, but you know, it's it's been interesting to to listen to a lot of the dialogue that has gone on around this. I mean, clearly, it has. You know, first we we had the the young tennis pro who said, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm I'm not going to do this," and and we've had some other people, but I think Simone Biles is clearly one of the the most well known people who mm-hmm. has has really brought this out and. And she stopped, not because of an injury. And, and it was funny because everybody immediately, oh my gosh, what happened to her? Mm-hmm. She just, she was like, no, I am not in the place mentally that I need to be. And so it's it's not going to work. And, you know, we've had people who have said, oh, she let down her team. She let down the United States. And, you know, I'll be honest, there is a tiny little bit of that there. But I'm always one of these people that I say, you know, anytime you have a team sport and you're relying on one person, you're asking for trouble. I mean, you know, because things happen, ankles get turned, you know, all sorts of things. So, you know, it, but, but more importantly, she was showing everyone that it is okay to say, wait a minute, I need to step back. So talk to us more about that. I mean, you know, because it, it can happen to anybody. And, and I don't care if you're, you know, a world-class athlete or you've got your your business and you're working out of your, your home office. Those pressures are definitely just unbelievable and, and are, are real. So talk to us more about that. Oh, so I just wrote a blog that's going to be probably go up in the next day or two. Because, mm-hmm. you know, given my field and given mm-hmm. my interests, it's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of things to think about that I think about with it. Number one, she is a master, not only at the, at the, um, the gymnastic part, she's mm-hmm. also a master mentally mm-hmm. because you cannot be an Olympic level athlete right. without mind. You just can't. And one of the things that I say all the time is an athlete would never, never go out there without training the mind. And yet we look at ourselves mm-hmm people have actually trained at the level that she's trained mm-hmm. the mind. Mm-hmm. And, and then we expect ourselves to be able to perform at incredibly high levels. Mm-hmm. Now, even at the highest level, mm-hmm. what I love about this is she's and, and, and Naomi Osaka and mm-hmm. it was Phelps before, you mm-hmm. know, I used to in New York and his, his pictures all over the, mm-hmm. the subway, you know, talking about therapy and suicide mm-hmm. prevention and all of this. We're all human. Mm-hmm. Nobody escapes right nobody escapes mm-hmm. 
And so there are signs and signals. And, and again, a, a big one, part of my you know passions is get to know yourself really well, mm-hmm. really, really, really well, because you, there are signs. Mm-hmm. There are signs that letting you are letting you know that you right. have reached the limits. Mm-hmm. And in, in the blog that I wrote, and I just um, read the proof of it, you know, I kind of list them. Mm-hmm. We, we can't focus. Uh, we don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationships are kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many signs and signals. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting sick. I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Well, if we don't put, pay attention to them and we power through them, mm-hmm. She decided not to power through. Right. Because the, the, the risk of, of severe injury mm-hmm. was so great for her. Mm-hmm. Right. There's spotting her. There's nobody holding mm-hmm. her. There's nobody. Um, so she was calculating, mm-hmm. I'm sure, for herself, this is not safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So she said in the model that I'm, I'm so thrilled that mental health uh, is now out there in the forefront mm-hmm. because what I would say, particularly in business, mm-hmm. and I've been doing this for a long time and I worked with a lot of really high powered people. And mm-hmm. we talk about bringing somebody like me into their teams. It's like, well, you know what you do, it's really um, important, but it's not urgent. Right. Yeah. And they make the face, right. They squinch their little nose up and they go, me. <laughs> with COVID, mm-hmm. and, you know, with now with all of this publicity, this mm-hmm. is important and urgent. Mm-hmm. And we start with ourselves mm-hmm. as we become healthier and know how to manage these things. Mm-hmm. And then impacting other people and mm-hmm. we're impacting people who are parents of children. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of my, my, my whole goal mm-hmm. here in terms of doing the work that I do is how many people can we impact? Because in my belief, this is the, this is the path to world peace. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. I, I I just, uh, this stands out so much in my mind. The other day, um, I was in Denver visiting mm-hmm. my grandson, who I haven't seen in a, a, a year, who's four years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of my son, the way he's raising him. You know, his mother and his father, they're, they're very savvy in the way mm-hmm. that, and he's very polite. And so my son and I were in the supermarket. And there was a young mother on the phone grabbing her kid, probably around the same age as my grandson, mm-hmm. oh, and kind of cursed, come on, you know, and nasty and mm-hmm. cursing. Oh, and, and it just pained you. It's like, how does this mm-hmm. kid even have a chance? Mm-hmm. How does right. he even have a chance? Mm-hmm. And so I feel, again, it's my opinion, that as leaders, mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to be able to manage ourselves in a way that we don't bark at people, mm-hmm. that we offend people, that we, you know, out of our own anger and frustration mm-hmm. and and there are skills mm-hmm. that we can so that we can again be calm in an emergency mm-hmm. and keep our minds really, really mm-hmm. clear. Right. And knowing when our limits are and saying, mm-hmm. I need a break. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it, it maybe it's just that. You leave that situation, you go to the restroom, you take a walk. I mean, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that that you can do. And you know, it was it was interesting as you were talking because I was thinking, you know, as leaders, we do have that responsibility for our employees, for you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe it's just the people around us, all those things. Many years ago, I, I worked for a man and 
he was, oh, well, he was over 300 pounds. So, you know, physically he was not healthy. Um, you know, you knew his blood pressure probably just blew the cuff up. I mean, you know, there, and, 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 and he was literally what you would call a walking heart attack. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were just waiting for that, but his anger just simmered. I mean, it was, you know, it was it, the, the tiniest little thing would set it off and we would run, um, you know, and, and it was interesting because I was fairly young when I worked for him. I was in my 20s, but I was raised by a very independent woman. Um, my parents were great, but my dad worked a lot. So my mom was was the key figure in my life. And so she raised me to, you know, stand up for myself. And I, I went into him and I've been there not real long. And and I said, you know, I, I see how you are with people. And I was his office manager. So basically I was, you know, pretty much in charge of everything. And I said, you get one. And he said, one. And I said, you get to call me a foul name once. You do it a second time and I own your business. And, you know, and, and he just kind of looked at me and, oh, and, and it, there came a point where he called me the B word. And, and, and all I did, I just looked at him and I said, that was your one. And he immediately backed down. I mean, he knew that I would, would not. Now I didn't last long there. I mean, because the stress level was just so incredible. I mean, we really were worried about, you know, would he throw things at us? Would he just scream and yell? Would he keel over dead? And then we'd fight over, you know, who had to give him CPR. Um, And, but it, it was just such a horrible situation and he, you know, I kept thinking the whole time, he he just needs to chill out. <laughs> you know? And and that really was a big part of it. You know, he needed to recognize how destructive his behavior was, not only to himself, but to everyone around him. Yes, absolutely. And so you were one of those great employees who stood up to him and let him know that you were not willing mm-hmm. to take that right. and that you were not to leave mm-hmm. and maybe you know again people get into all kinds of situations mm-hmm. again showed us so much of how many people had to stay and work mm-hmm. under really toxic mm-hmm. situations because the consequences were worse right than, yeah uh, yeah and i mean we see that a lot obviously in abuse cases where you know financially or you know there's children i mean there's so many reasons why women feel that they cannot leave, um, you know, and, and so, I mean, that's just, it's, it's just so scary that that, that happens. So the, the goal would be, how can we educate yes. as many people mm-hmm. as we possibly can? And mm-hmm. the reason that I really like the business arena mm-hmm. is because I like business for one mm-hmm. thing, but we touch so many people mm-hmm. in, in so many different kinds of situations. And if work can be that kind of culture, mm-hmm where you can come in and you can feel, you know, admired and appreciated and and that you have some autonomy Mm -hmm. and you feel good about you and you feel good about the purpose of what you're doing Mm -hmm. there. That then again, leads over to Mm -hmm. every aspect of somebody's life. Right. You know, and it's funny because some of the things we, that we end up scoffing at are the things that would help the most, you know, and, and some of them are simple and basic, like what is the mission of the company? You know, if it's, if it's, yeah, okay, we understand they need to make money, (laughs) no money, no company. So, you know, so that is always there, but, you know, for companies that, you know, really have 
a mission to provide, I, you know, Walmart, I think is one of the best examples of this. A lot of people aren't fans of Walmart, but mm-hmm. their mission is to provide products for people who might not be able to afford them somewhere else. I mean, they, they have it worded much, much better, but you know, that's their overriding goal. And, and so then when an employee knows that and recognizes it, and more importantly, sees that that is what they're doing, you know, because you can't just walk the walk, you know, or talk the talk or whatever. You have to be doing both. Um, and, you know, and, and so that's, that's kind of where it starts is, you know, from the top, obviously top down, Right. What is important to the company? And then communicate that with the people that you're working with. Absolutely. And, and you know, again, I've got another blog that says, you know, what do you want to ch- uh, trickle down? Because mm-hmm. it is all trickle down from the top. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, and, and again, we understand companies have to make money, but, you know, there are, are certainly ways that, that we could be doing things. And, and there's a variety of things in the companies. You know, do they have a philanthropic program? Um, do they recycle? I mean, there's just so many things. But more importantly, do they make their employees feel valued? Do they, um, you know, it, it was really funny. Years ago, I worked for um, a very large company. At that point, it was, I believe, the seventh largest corporation in the world. And, and, you know, and I worked for one of the subsidiaries and, and, you know, I reported directly to the CEO who was this wonderful man and we had badges, you know, we had the stinking badges to get into the, the, the buildings and it had our picture on them and our name. And he, he tells me now I was the head of communications and he said, I want every name badge to be redone. So everybody's first name is great big. And I went, okay. I mean, you know, he was the CEO. I was going to do that. And he said, no, no. I know how important it is. Now, mind you, this is over 20 years ago. I know how important it is to call somebody by their first name. I need to be able to see that from six feet away. Um, you know, and, and people were just dumbfounded when this gentleman would call them by their first name. They never got that, you know, it was because it was really big on their, their um, ID, but it really made a difference. They're like, the CEO knew my name. And I mean, that was just such a small gesture, but it made such a huge difference. So the way that it is now, and it hasn't been this way in probably 20 years ago, that CEO had many, many layers mm-hmm. between him, him mm-hmm. and the, anybody else who wanted right. to get. Mm-hmm. It was a big company. Mm-hmm. Right? But today, mm-hmm. the, the employees want to see their CEO. They mm-hmm. want to see them. They want them to be mm-hmm. accessible. Them to be transparent, right. want them to be authentic, mm-hmm. and I always say it's easier said than done mm-hmm. because as a leader, we frequently don't want to show our vulnerabilities, right. right? So there's again a fine line of mm-hmm. how somebody can do that to be really authentic and be there mm-hmm. at the same time, not coming to crying to the employees mm-hmm. that wow, this job really. Mm-hmm. You know, Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be telling the employees, oh my God. (laughs) So I always say that being a great leader or being a leader, Mm -hmm. you have about as much room as a crease on a pair of pants Mm. because in group dynamics, Mm -hmm. everybody, every group wants a leader. Mm -hmm. Every group wants to kill the leader off. Mm -hmm. Right. They might not want to be the leader, but. (laughs) So as soon as a leader gets too strong, Mm -hmm then they get scapegoated and, mm-hmm. and then start talking. And, and so the, it really is an art mm-hmm. to, and I don't know another way to be a great leader other than knowing yourself mm-hmm. and knowing what you put out. Right. 
level of presence that you have amongst mm-hmm. and all of these things that are just so critical mm-hmm. for somebody to own and, and know themselves deeply mm-hmm. and how they come across to other people. I always say that um, everybody knows your blind spots, mm-hmm. but you want to know them too. Mm-hmm. Right. And you need to know them first. <laughs> yes. So that you can start. To, oh, there's that pattern that I do again. Mm-hmm. Here it shows up mm-hmm. because there's only so many patterns. Mm-hmm. And each of us have a couple of them that once we handle them and recognize them in all their kind of hidden ways. Mm-hmm. And then we can say, oh, there it is again. Mm-hmm. I better keep my mouth shut or there it is again, or I've mm-hmm. come on strong or mm-hmm. um, I'm annoyed that this person is not moving as fast as mm-hmm. I move. Any one of these things that we behavior kind mm-hmm. of traits that we have that we can recognize and then choose how mm-hmm. we respond. Right. right. So the difference between what you were describing of that gentleman as the reaction, mm-hmm. just reactive mm-hmm. and, you know, Understanding I, I, I'm having this reaction and yet I'm going to choose mm-hmm. my words very carefully. Right. That's you know, the goal of your life. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you talk about that in your book as to how to recognize those things. And, and, and it's, it's not, you know, that you sit down and go, Oh, Hey, this, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it is a process and obviously, you know, going through some of these things, you might discover or you might already know that you truly need assistance with some of these things. And, and so, you know, we want to encourage people if there's something, you know, huge, and I, I shouldn't even use that word. If there's something that's very important to you, that is an issue you then, you know, it's, it's okay to seek help. Um, you know, and, and uh, so, yeah, because huge to one person is tiny to somebody else. Right. I want to even, even interject a little something mm-hmm. and put a little other little spin on it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about all these great athletes and Olympians. They all have coaches. Right. Nobody gets there by themselves. Nobody gets there by themselves. Mm -hmm. So in my belief system, Mm -hmm. um, you always want to work with somebody who's a little bit ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So let's just say that you're just starting out and, you you know, now you're working with somebody who's a coach or Mm -hmm. mentor or somebody who's, you know, had a business that you would love to have. Mm -hmm. maybe a hundred employees mm-hmm. and you're just starting out with zero or one. And then you get to the point where now you've got the hundred employees, mm-hmm. but, but this person doesn't have that level of experience. Right. So now we want to upgrade mm-hmm. into the next level mm-hmm. who to a thousand, you know, employees. Mm-hmm. And so there's the business side of it. And then mm-hmm. there's again, the emotional mental side. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody ever saw billions, the show billions, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, kind of a, a crass guy from Wall Street. And, but he has a, he has a woman who, who is a psychologist and a performance coach. Mm. And as soon as he gets himself into a little trouble or he's trying to make a really big decision or mm-hmm. he needs that he can trust, mm-hmm. he calls on this woman. Mm. And that's the model in my, again, my mm-hmm. opinion, that all great leaders need. Mm-hmm. They need somebody who is a trusted advisor, mm-hmm. that they can let their hair down and mm-hmm. really talk about their vulnerabilities that they don't have to spread it all over the company mm-hmm. and, and somebody helping them who's got wisdom and experience mm-hmm. that can help to just be a good sounding board. Right. 
you look at it like this? And did you look at it like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that pattern showing up here. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of it? And then how does it show up? Mm -hmm. I have one, one, um, somebody who's in the C-suite I'm working with now who he said, I'm just going to tell you this. Nobody knows it. (laughs) And he said, I can take criticism Mm -hmm. or feedback. He said, but inside it kills me. Mm. Just really kills me. Mm -hmm. So nobody knows. Although sometimes I get a little short, I get a Mm -hmm. little, and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we started to track back. Okay. So what is this experience? Right. Is Mm -hmm. it familiar? Mm -hmm. And he had very, very high performing, high standard parents. Mm -hmm. So you got the 99. Well, how come you didn't get the 100? Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, this, but, but you didn't get that. Mm-hmm. So he had learned to put so much pressure on himself, mm-hmm. that perfection, which none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anytime somebody would call it into question, you know, his, his, you know, solutions mm-hmm. or the way he would approach something, he would experience that same experience. Right. He was, he was the little boy and mom was mad or, or disappointed. Exactly. Exactly. So again, that's not something that you're going to discuss with your employees. Right. It's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And yet it's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's an issue. So that if you can manage that, well, then you can now take in what people Mm -hmm. have to say. Mm -hmm. You don't suffer. Right. That was the whole point. Mm -hmm. Reports to me. Now he said, I, you know, do I ever like being wrong? No. Mm -hmm. No, but he said, I could hear it. And I could feel again, that my body did not go into that Mm -hmm. response. Right. Through the work that we did. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you, you know, it, you're so right in the body reaction. I mean, you know, we, we tense up, we, you know, we close off, you know, the, the whole body language thing. And then immediately, whoever you're talking to knows, uh oh, (laughs) and, and I know, obviously there are people who who want to get that reaction out of you for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, there are also those who recognize, oh, danger, danger, um, you know, and, and so that having that trusted person who is the unbiased person who can say, you know, hey, do you know that when you get upset, this is what happens? You know, you, you tense up, you lean back, you, you know, you start making fists. I mean, all these various things that we don't even realize we're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the beginning part of transform, I, you know, it's really the way of transformation. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of times people think, well, I don't want to really do this work. I don't want to go back to early stuff. I don't mm-hmm. want to that kind of pain. I don't want to do this. I don't mm-hmm. And what we actually discover is there isn't anything that you don't already know about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit of an uncovering. You say, oh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. and, and the way that memory gets laid down is one memory triggers another memory that mm-hmm. triggers, triggers another. So we only need to get into one um, sensation of mm-hmm. a particular experience. Mm-hmm. And the, the bigger mind will then make a lot of the connections for mm-hmm. us. Right. I remember that. That's, mm-hmm. you know, now we've got a depth of understanding because people wouldn't talk to en- their worst enemy a lot of times the way they talk to themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, we say horrible things to ourselves. Horrible things to ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
So therefore, when you do that, all you're doing is repeating mm-hmm. the horrible things that were said to you. Mm-hmm. And it takes you down, you know, this nasty spiral. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a thing about, I call it productive thinking instead of positive thinking. Mm-hmm. I think of positive thinking and think, oh, everything's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, we're we're going to be Miss Pollyanna today. But inside, mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm insides that if we don't buy it mm-hmm. then it's not going to happen mm-hmm. we'll find some way to sabotage mm-hmm. our- so again having permission to be able to help somebody get inside mm-hmm. what this what is this really about mm-hmm. and can i change my thoughts mm-hmm. something that produces something useful for me mm-hmm. so i have a choice once i have this level of awareness mm-hmm. awareness is the first part you can't change anything mm-hmm. again. Business, and you've got a, you know, a sheet of, of data, and, and you're analyzing mm-hmm. analyzing the data. You don't know what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. To analyze it, well, it's the same thing with our personal. Right. Yeah, I mean, we do that with our business. You know, why why not do it with ourselves? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. How did I get to this place? What was I thinking? What mm-hmm. was I thinking that brought me to the situation where I blew up at somebody? Mm-hmm just as, as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I get it. I was really doing fine. And then I got a call from one of my kids, dad, mm-hmm. where are you? You know, I thought you were coming to my soccer game mm-hmm. and here. And, and, and then that little voice went bing, <laughs> but, but unconsciously again, it mm-hmm. registered. And then you went back to your work, mm-hmm. but now there's something, some little nuggie back there. Yeah, that little guilt bug is in there going, you're a horrible parent. Right. But again, if I don't take the time to even mm-hmm. acknowledge how I feel about mm-hmm. it, the next person that comes along, I may just be really short-tempered mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of take it out on that person. Right. So I like to say, do my thoughts produce something useful for me? Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that I'm feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I ex- realize that I kind of fell short. Mm-hmm. I might even go back and apologize to that person. Mm-hmm. Might even do that. Right. So, Sorry that I jumped at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just say, you know, this was going on over here and you don't even have to say why you can just say, I'm sorry. I was distracted and, and I took it out on you. I'm terribly sorry. Right. And then you go home and you deal with your kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how, when we, you know, I, I, when we look at things and we don't run away from them, it gives us knowledge mm-hmm. and power. Right. Personal power. That's mm-hmm. really where personal power sits. I get to choose mm-hmm. how I respond. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, one of the things that I've been talking with several of my guests about is, especially for women, the imposter syndrome. The, you know, we're, and, 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 and there's so many of the things that, that fall into this, you know, that we're not worthy. <coughs> we shouldn't be here. You know, uh, what, what, why are we even trying this? We're not smart enough. We're not good enough. I mean, all of these various things. And we've talked ourselves out of it before we ever even get there. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, it is hard because one of the things that I think is that many times when those little voices started, you know, mm-hmm. it was somebody who meant to do good yeah. or they were trying to protect you. But then you internalized it and, and all of these things. So maybe it was just something as simple as a teacher saying, you know, girls aren't as good in math as boys. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and she was just trying. She or he was just trying to convince us, you know, go into something else. You know, we, you know, and so they weren't trying to be mean. They weren't, you know, but at the same point, that little voice started in our heads, and and then has gone ever since then. I'm not good enough, you know, and, and all these various things. And of course, this happens to, to to young men too, where they're told, you know, you're not handsome enough, you're not smart enough, you know, all of these various things that they're told. And sometimes I think it's even harder on them because they have the additional pressures of they have to be the breadwinner, they have to do this, you know, and, and those pressures are are just incredible. Yes. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> End of the show. (laughs) So let's just talk about it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, we need to recognize that that voice is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and it's there. It's 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 not good or bad. It's just there. Well, it's it it doesn't help us, right? Does that thought produce something Mm -hmm. for me? That would Mm -hmm. be my first line of defense when Mm -hmm. I is how I'm talking to myself. Mm And then, is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it really true? Right. Am I really not good at math? Maybe I'm not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I'm not, that's okay. But maybe. Right. But it's, you know, the, again, when when you're moving up in the world, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, you're pushing towards becoming something that's bigger than, mm-hmm. than even imagine. Mm-hmm. We have to grow into ourselves. Mm-hmm. All of us have tremendous amount of potential from the time that we're born mm-hmm. and given a lot of the life circumstances and so on and, and the opportunities that come our way, mm-hmm. we have opportunities to really kind of expand on this potential. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that we have this dream that we want to be, I don't know, you know, a, a doctor. It's just a simple, I want to be a doctor and do I have the skill mm-hmm. Aptitude is actually, it's not the skill yet. Do I have the aptitude to be a doctor? Mm-hmm. Right. So you mentioned I, you didn't like blood. <laughs> you know, I like helping people, but mm-hmm. that was not going to be for me. Mm-hmm. So it's being honest with yourself mm-hmm. and really good mental health is really about how can we witness ourselves. So mm-hmm. many times you've heard me say, you know, I kind of stand back and look at myself and become aware and how am I thinking? And this is all from an objective point of view. Mm-hmm. When we get into this imposter syndrome stuff and I'm not, that's not objective. Right. It's irrational. Mm-hmm. Or if it's rational, mm-hmm. let's try to name it. Mm-hmm. Right. I was a very, very, very good student, but mm-hmm. in geometry, I could never see. <laughs> those, and- those lines didn't line up. Mm-hmm. Oh, they lined up, but they never, they never, they never emerged as shapes. Mm-hmm. So my brain mm-hmm. does not make those three-dimensional pictures. Right. So all A's and B's, mostly A's, but a D in geometry. Even oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was bad. So then I got the idea that I wasn't good in math. Right. Because geometry was, is math. That's right, but it actually wasn't true. Mm-hmm. I was very good in algebra and I was very good in trigonometry mm-hmm. because it helped my brain the way that I think. Mm-hmm. So again, we come back to this point of Mm self-knowledge, self-awareness, right? And now I can witness, I can see, I may be in a problem, Mm -hmm. I can also notice that I'm outside of the problem. Mm -hmm. This is the key, you know, it's called the witness or Mm -hmm. 
third eye or mm-hmm. where you have that objectivity. I'm sitting in a, in a, in a, let's say I'm sitting in a comp in a meeting or a conference mm-hmm. and I'm getting bored to tears and somebody, you know, is talking about stuff that, that I just like, I just want them to shut up. Right. Basically. Right. So this is what I'm thinking and feeling within myself. Mm-hmm. Right. At the same time, I'm in the situation and I'm feeling it, but I'm not acting on it. Mm-hmm. Not telling that woman. <laughs> right. Enough. <laughs> right. Or I may mm-hmm. try to do that and mm-hmm. say, that because I'm noticing how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and then I'm choosing to take action. Mm-hmm. So it's really this third eye and we get into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. When we don't witness our own behavior mm-hmm. and our own feelings. And when we can do that, and we can recognize very mm-hmm. quickly, okay, this is what was a couple minutes mm-hmm. ago. This is what is right now. Mm-hmm. I can flip, I can change, I can shift. Mm-hmm. And we become very agile in our minds. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of where we want to go. Right. You know, and, and I think one of the, the most important things that, that I got from reading your book is it's our choice. Mm-hmm. You know, we can choose to be annoyed that that person is droning on and on and on, or we can choose to think, okay, you know, she really does have great information that I need to be paying attention to, or, you know, all these various things. It truly is our choice on how we react. And I think one of the things that we see a lot of is the the whole, I'm going to blame somebody else. And, you know, there's obviously many, many reasons for that. And, and, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it does, it comes back to it is our choice. Well, as soon as we get into the blame game, we're done. Right. Mm-hmm. We're just done. Mm-hmm. Because there's a wonderful saying that I learned a long time ago, and I do believe that this is very true. Um, we create our own reality, mm-hmm. create our own experience. Mm-hmm. And part of being very, very self-aware is recognizing mm-hmm. that um, it's my perception mm-hmm is causing me to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Use example, a lot of times, you know, let's just say that I, I, I'm scared of dogs. Mm-hmm. If I see a dog in my periphery vision, mm-hmm. my body goes into that stress response. Right. The body gets triggered before the mind. Mm-hmm. I'm walking with you, Deb, and you love dogs. Right. And you go over and you're petting it and you're petting mm-hmm. it. Okay. Same dog, mm-hmm. different experience. Mm-hmm. So we create our own reality and we can, when we can accept that mm-hmm. things go bad or poorly. I have um, a client who's in a business that it, it, he's in the music business. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good business as a bus- as businesses go mm-hmm. kind of bastardized and taken over and big money. And mm-hmm. so um, at the same time, it, it makes him very angry that he's not, respected for all his skill because mm-hmm. people are going into, you know, doing their own electronic music and mm-hmm. he's got this. And so, you know, he spends a lot of time. Is it me mm-hmm. or is it the business mm-hmm. or is it both of us? And until we can find ourselves in there, mm-hmm. we say it's an industry that is very, very difficult to actually make a living in the mm-hmm. practice. Do I want to stay there? Right even though I have the passion for it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or is it me that I have expectations that are unrealistic and I'm, I'm the one that needs to change? Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. You know, and we do get so vested in those decisions that, that we have made, whether it's, you know, that, that, you know, maybe it's personal, you know, I've been in this marriage forever, or I've had this friend forever, or this job forever, or, you know, I, I you know, I, I studied for this, all these various things, you know, I trained as an Olympic athlete. And, you know, and, and I mean, I can't imagine someone who went through everything that Simone Biles has gone through to get to where she is today, to have the courage to say, you know, because I mean, everything, everything she was doing was building up to that, but she knew I need to, I need to take a step back now, you know, who knows what's, what's going to happen from here on, but, but we do, we get so vested in what we have done, what we have been. Um, one of the other things that, that I heard through this was Michael Phelps. He was saying, you know, when, when he, when he retired and he came out of retirement a couple of times, I mean, you know, when you're that young, you can um, it is it is truly I mean, you know, you see these Olympians who are teenagers and I'm like, oh, good golly. But, um, you know, he said when he was no longer a swimmer, what was he? And and he said, you know, he truly thought there's there's no me. I, I you know, that that was that was what my entire identity was. And fortunately, he has found other things. Um, but we see that so many times with, you know, maybe it's, you know, I was, I was mom and my kids grew up, you know, and, and, and I'm no longer that caregiver. I mean, you know, we get so tied to those roles that we don't realize there's a next step, but we have to choose to take it. That's right. And when we make those choices to delve into, I have a young, uh, my youngest son was a soccer player. Mm-hmm. That was his passion, and he had the talent mm-hmm. going and going. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have been um, very realistically, mm-hmm. realistically, you know, on the national team or mm-hmm. on, a, on a professional um, soccer team. Mm-hmm. Got to college, um, and he, he went to Brown, and he felt like he was like a piece of meat, mm-hmm. you know, just, um, something that the school was going to make a lot of money on. Mm-hmm. And he got interested in theater and literature and, and, and trust me, his sophomore year was very, very, um, you know, because when he was a freshman, he was the, you know, he was the big man on campus. Mm -hmm. Right. He was the soccer star. Mm -hmm. He was a star. Mm -hmm. And uh, he went through his own period of adjustment and, Mm -hmm. you know, searching and who am I? And um, so these things are so um, important. Mm -hmm so important in terms of really understanding the the choices that we make, the Mm -hmm. the ramifications, the consequences that our choices have. And again, I've said it once, even, you know, in this hour about a thousand times, getting to know yourself at a deep level and Mm -hmm. and be curious, curious about who you are Mm -hmm. and what makes me tick Mm -hmm. and what gets me excited and what really um, kind of turns me off. Mm -hmm. I stand for and who right. do I stand for? And mm-hmm. it, it will raise not only the level of your organization, but it'll raise all of us up, mm-hmm. you know, that boat that we all, right. you know. Yeah, that, that boat rises when, when we do. Um, you know, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I work with a lot of business owners who are just starting out mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe, you know, and one of the biggest problems that I see that they have and, you know, I fell under this too, was 
the I must, you know, I'm I'm doing this, so I must be able to do it all. I can't ask for help. I can't, you know, I, I can't figure out how to do my own website. I can't figure out how to do my own taxes, you know, and it's perfectly fine. I tell people, you know, I'm sorry. I wouldn't try and do open heart surgery on myself by watching YouTube videos. <laughs> it's, it's okay to ask for help. And that comes back to having that trusted person, you know, or, you know, maybe it is just the CPA or, or whatever. It's perfectly fine to say, I need help with this. I'm not an expert in it. Well, I have a really close friend who has her favorite saying, and it's become my favorite saying, if it's not your genius, it's not your job. Mm-hmm. And hey. again, a person who's just starting out is going to say, well, I don't have the money mm-hmm. to pay for somebody else to do this. Right. Lots of different ways that you can trade with people. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to want your services. You're going mm-hmm. to want their services, um, you know, starting sometimes with interns and mm-hmm. Just finding ways that you can find co, you know, people who have mm-hmm. a similar vision that you right. do and that you can support one mm-hmm. another. Because the truth is, what I've learned is that to scale a business, to make it as big as you might dream it could mm-hmm. be, to think that you're going to do it by yourself is a myth. Right. And it doesn't matter. It, maybe you're that one man band. I mean, like like me. I mean, I'm my product, but I mm-hmm. still need people to support me. Yeah, always, always. My father never wanted any employees. Mm. He had one employee, a mm-hmm. woman kept his books and he did everything himself, mm-hmm. everything else himself. And that's the way that he chose mm-hmm. at that level to keep his business. He never wanted it to get any bigger mm-hmm. than it was. Right. Or computers, you know, he had to see somebody do his taxes mm-hmm. or did the administrative stuff. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And he very nice living and he was, you know, kind of very content and he raised, raised us very well. Mm-hmm. Other people may have bigger dreams mm-hmm. than he had for a business. Mm-hmm. So we have to scale ourselves up right? and always be in reality about what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I do? Right. You know, you, you talk about fears in your book and, and one of the ones, and, and I don't remember if this was in there or not, but the fear of success you know, the, the, what if yes. I'm, I'm good at this, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of those things that people, you know, it seems like a really silly fear, but a lot of, you know, and, and, and maybe it's just, you know, what if I'm in so demand as a speaker that I'm traveling too much or what, you know, the, what ifs or the, you know, the, the whole big things, those are the bugaboos that really get us. Right. Um, but you know, that's where then you go. Okay. So this is great. This is fabulous. But here's the boundaries I'm going to have. You know, I'm I'm own. I, you know, I mean, we see movie stars do this all the time, where they do not travel. They or they only travel X number of weeks or, or something like that because they want to be with their family. Business people can do that too. You know, and and if if you have to turn down business, well, that again, that was your choice. Either choosing to be one or choosing to do the other. And I did that my while I was raising my children, mm-hmm. three, three children, and I worked three days a week, mm-hmm. 20 hours a week, mm-hmm. and I never went over the 20 hours. Yep. And that was my, that's, that's mm-hmm. how I could live with me because mm-hmm. I chose to have these children. Right, right. No, nobody, you know, nobody made me have them. Mm-hmm. I love being a mom mm-hmm. and I love being a part of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I love my work. And so I 
worked again for years part time. Mm-hmm. And my mother used to say to me all the time because I had very big dreams. Mm-hmm. And, I, and now that I don't have, not I'm raising those kids anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do more of the things that mm-hmm. I, because I always uh, had an idea. I always had a question, Deb, that it, it was like, what would it look like if I actually lived my potential? Mm. And that was an underlying question while mm-hmm. I was kids and keeping my world relatively small mm-hmm. um, so that I could handle that. And mm-hmm. then my mother used to say to me, well, for everything, there's a season. Mm-hmm. And once I, the kids were gone and I actually got divorced and mm-hmm. moved to Manhattan mm-hmm. and I said, okay, this is it. And I started finding people and women that were doing like amazing things and writing books and, mm-hmm. and doing all the things that I had dreamt to do. And I just started doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, when you come into that imposter syndrome idea mm-hmm. is, like, okay, how many years I've been doing this? I've been doing this for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. You think that, I, do I need any more schooling to do this? Well, I all love to learn, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I need to go back to school to do what right. I mm-hmm. And you start playing, you know, these mm-hmm. two ends against each other and you start being realistic mm-hmm. and, um, and having people along the way that believe in you. Mm-hmm you and uh, give you the freedom and you give yourself the freedom mm-hmm. to grow. Right. You know, and it, it is about who you surround yourself with. I mean, you know, when, when you were home raising your kids, there were probably people who said, you're only working 20 hours a week. No, you should be working 40 hours a week. What's wrong with you? Um, you know, and so you just don't have those people. And, and sometimes those people, you kind of get stuck with them. I mean, you know, you can't always get rid of some, but, but in many cases, you can choose to, to not associate as much with them. Um, you know, it's, I had, and, and, and just remove yourself. I mean, you know, the friend of mine the other day was saying, ugh. Everything I read on Facebook is so negative and yada, 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 yada. Blah. And I said, okay, I'm not meaning to be flip here, but stop reading it. <laughs> it was just, you know, and, and I said, it, that's kind of what it comes down to, um, you know, and, and I mean, if you don't like the negativity on the news, change the channel. Um, you know, yeah, we can't, we, you know, we shouldn't bury our heads completely in the sand, but we don't have to watch whatever the major network news is, you know, that for 24 hours a day, just because they offer it doesn't mean we have to watch it. That's exactly right. Yes. So keeping your mind really like a temple mm-hmm. is something that I started to work on a long time ago. I like that. And we do know that thoughts travel mm-hmm. very real. And even though you may not say it out loud, I'm going to pick it up in some way, shape, form, or mm-hmm. another. And so, again, going back to how I talk to myself, how I talk to my children, mm-hmm. mostly, you know, it's between me and me. I don't allow, I don't allow mm-hmm. to come in because I can see them coming. I can mm-hmm. hear oh, they're coming and mm-hmm. oh, what if, you know, the what ifs and this and that, you know, um, anything that's going to, that I can kind of see ahead of time that is going to get that nervous system mm-hmm. going into a stress response. Mm-hmm. I do my best to keep it outside right. of me. Right. You know, and, and you talk in your book about how to do deep breathing, how to do relaxation, how to do meditation. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that really is just pushing those things away. 
and some of them really are acknowledging it. You know, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of a klutzy person, and so you know, there are times where if I you know trip over something, my little voice, either in my head or out loud, will say, "God, that was stupid." But I can either fixate on that or go on, you know, and and that's the thing. It's like, okay, you know, so so don't do it again. <laughs> you know, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. that- you know, body wise, mm-hmm. I'm a little klutzy. Right. And there, there, there it is. And- yeah. I mean, I tell people, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. She hurt her foot and she said something to me about, you know, have you ever broken toes? I said, yeah, I've broken three toes. And, and I said, and I have learned, I do not go barefoot mm-hmm. because I just, I don't pay attention to where I am in the world. And so I can either go barefoot and risk breaking toes or wear shoes. I mean, you know, it just comes down to that. Right. Making those choices mm-hmm. and where and kind of moving along in a way that feels good. Mm-hmm. We want to feel good. We right. Feel yeah. Body. I mean, who, who wants to go through life not feeling good? And that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, and we there's there's enough ugh, that's out there. What we control, we need to make sure that it's not the ugh and it's the good. That's the technical term. The, ugh. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, Tina, we are already at the the top of the hour, and this has been just so delightful. And um, you know, I I would love to have you on again because we've just scratched the surface of this. Um, because I think there's so much that we need to to talk about. But how do people find you and connect with you? Well, there's a couple ways. Mm-hmm. I have a website. It's masteryunderpressure.com. Mm-hmm. You can. See that we're doing and the classes that we're holding. And I have a, a Master Under Pressure book mm-hmm. and a course, which is a really pretty awesome course. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you also want to see where you are on this peak performance scale, mm-hmm. I have a, um, a quiz that you can right. take. Master- yeah, the Mastery, Mastery Under Pressure quiz. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's masteryunderpressure.net. Mm-hmm. And that will give you a pretty good indication of where you are. Mm-hmm on these skills mm-hmm. that we've been talking about to help you go from anxiety over mm-hmm. here to performance over here. These are the, the things that go in there. So you can see where you are. Mm-hmm. You want to get in touch with me. There's a, a way that you can do that through the quiz um, and make a 30 minute consultation. If you think that, you, that we've said things here that you would like to work with and go a little bit deeper. Great. And I'm assuming that you work a lot virtually. I work I think I can count on the last seven years that I've been in California, maybe five times I've seen people in person. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, that that's a whole nother subject. I miss seeing people, but yeah. I also like the fact that I can talk to and people around the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, I do work virtually. I'm very used to it. I've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And actually I find it very intimate. So it's mm-hmm. not quite so distant. Great. I love it. I love it. Well, this really has been fabulous. And, and as I said, I would love to have you on again. Um, but until then, what do you know, what final thoughts would you like to leave everyone with? Now, one other thing I'd love you to get in touch with me on LinkedIn. So. Oh, yes. LinkedIn, of course. Mm-hmm. So the final thing that I that I say, and, I, and it really is part of the mantra of my life. Mm-hmm. What's in my control? What's out of my control? Mm-hmm. As soon as I start to feel stressed. And I know how that feels in my body. Mm-hmm. I hit you in a different place. For me, it's my shoulders. As soon as I start to feel that, it's like, what's in my control? What's out of my control? And then mm-hmm. I can, that, that vision, I can see things much more clearly. Mm-hmm. 
and I can choose. Okay, I can problem solve and figure it out, and then I can move on my way. Great. I love it. Well, I've been having a delightful conversation with Tina Greenbaum, and you can find her information at masteryunderpressure.com. I am Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.